Shalom, welcome to The Jewish View. My name is Rabbi Nachman Simon with the Chabad House of Dalmar and together with my co-host, Mark Ronich at jbiztechvelli.com, statewide news service. And now, as you can see right here, it's columnist for the Jewish press. And I'm having a lot of fun doing all three assignments. And my column in the Jewish press is called Albany Beat, and I talk about how government relates to the Jewish community, or doesn't, as the case may be. <laughs> but uh, someone who's going to talk to us about the uh, Jewish community in the Mohawk Valley is our guest today, Bob Cudmore. Welcome to the well, Jewish View. Glad to be here, Mark. Nice to meet you, Rabbi Simon. Very good. Excellent. And well, you're famous in the Capital District, I can tell you that much. Everybody well, knows thank, you already. 52 well, you years much. in broadcasting. Yeah, and, oh, yeah, more than 50. More than 50, okay. Yeah, that's and something. I'm just uh, so happy that you know we had this chance now. I mean, I was on your radio show, you're on this TV show. You know, we've, not, we've talked on the phone a lot, obviously in radio, that's what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> so I think that it's great to have you here and thanks for coming all the way from, uh, well, you live in Schenectady County. Yeah, I live in but, Glenville, it's not that far. And then in, uh, uh, but Amsterdam was a place that you- Yes, I, I write in my books primarily about Amsterdam and the Mohawk Valley, mm -hmm. you know, other communities up there. Well, we also have to tell you that today is our third anniversary of the Jewish View being taped at Channel Albany at the Albany Public Library. Congratulations. Thank you, 370 shows. Wow. In it's three a lot of years, work over here. I know, and a lot of time he's put in with me. <laughs> we'll put up. That's with the me. biggest miracle of so, all. <laughs> so hopefully you'll say a bracha, and we'll right, be able to have a little, a little cake. And uh, all right. Well, you don't have a lachaim either here. Mark. No, I didn't bring a lachaim, <laughs> but but Not you can prepared. have some. You can have this cake. So you know. Give me a little piece of yours. Okay. Mm -hmm. I might take this apart. Mm -hmm. At least we have a kosher uh, biscuit over here. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Mark and I were ready to go with that. That's right. <laughs> but, you know. We had to hold up. All right. A nice bracha. Boruch HaTo Adonai, Eloheinu Vachalam, Borei Minei Mazonos. Oh, man. Very good. Thank God that he's brought us to here to where we've been doing that. And tens of thousands of people have been watching us, so we've been very successful in these three years, and a blessing for the future, which continue and grow. I show with that even more viewers should be able to learn about the Jewish view of life. Absolutely, so I'm glad you gave us that uh, blessing, thank you. That's what a rabbi does. That's right, <laughs> and you do it so well. All right, well, let's talk about, your, oh. you wrote three books. Yes, I have three history books. Uh, stories from the Mohawk Valley, Hidden History of the Mohawk Valley, and Lost mm -hmm. Mohawk Valley. So uh, we have the books here. Yeah, let's talk about Lost Mohawk I Valley. I mean, when you Mohawk Valley, you're talking about the American Indians, Native Americans? I do. I write some of that, but primarily I deal with a more recent history. In fact, my stock and trade is kind of history that's happened within the last hundred years. Right. I do a weekly column for the Daily Gazette newspaper in Schenectady, uh, and that's what appeals to my audience, if you will. Things that either they remember or their families remembered and things Probably like that. Probably from their grandparents. Yeah. So tell okay. us about your book. Yeah. <laughs> you got about one minute to give over a whole book report, but all right. <laughs> Well, again, uh, Mark had asked me to come up with some of the Jewish stories oh, in the book. Certainly the most famous Jew to come from Amsterdam is Kirk Douglas. Sure. Uh, he was Isior Danielovich. He lived on Eagle Street in the East End. My grandfather uh, and his family lived three doors away oh, uh, from the 
the Dems they weren't known as the Danielovichs, they were known as the Demskis. And in each book, I usually have some reference uh, to um, Kirk Douglas. Uh, the latest book talks about how he adopted that name. Now, I think at this moment in his life, and uh, God willing, he's still alive, I mean, mm -hmm. he's going for 100 at <laughs> right. the end of this year on his uh, birthday, um, but he changed his name to Kirk Douglas in about 1938 when he was home for the summer uh, uh, from St. Lawrence University and was hmm. acting in the uh, uh, Tamarack Playhouse. And a man who became his lifelong friend as an actor, I believe until he passed, Carl Malden, was oh. also there. And Malden said in, uh, to Izzy, as he was known, Izzy Dembski, you got to change the name. So supposedly it was Carl Malden that came up with Kirk, and then uh, Izzy Dembski came up with, he wanted to preserve the D, and his last name became Douglas. He said when he took the name Kirk, he didn't realize it was the Scottish word for church, or he might have <laughs> changed his mind. And I think at this moment, and in fact he has said, he wrote an article for AARP not too long ago saying that uh, today he probably would have kept Isir Danielovich. You know, he's very proud of that. You know, it's name. very interesting because there is a big history of Jewish actors, um, Jewish people made to Hollywood for the most part. And the, many of these actors, and they were like befuddled to me too, you know, because you, you grow up, you see these actors, and I don't know if they're Jewish, you know, you see right. if their name is, uh, you know, Mike Goldberg, you know, oh, they, they must be a Jew. <laughs> right. But other people like Kurt Douglas, I never, you know, Kirk, like you say, that's a Jewish name. Right. You know, he doesn't even look that Jewish in its own right. Uh, maybe Mark will help us on this. Who's the guy that does the Hanukkah song and he names all the actors? And Well, anyway. Adam Kirk Sandler. Duck, Adam Sandler. Kirk's yeah. in that. You yeah, know. really. <laughs> he mentions him. You know, one yeah, of so but, I'm just, the, but it used to be that, like exactly your story, that in the 1930s, 40s, hey, you want to make it in Hollywood, right. give up your Jewishness. Mm -hmm. But in Amsterdam, his dad was probably as well-known as he was. He, uh, really? Kirk... Douglas wrote of him in, in the Kirk's autobiography, The Ragman's Son. His father was a ragman, and he said he was the toughest, strongest Jew in Amsterdam. He was a well-known drinker and, <laughs> and a bruiser and, and, and so forth. And I think throughout his life, uh, Kirk, the actor, kind of sought his, sought his father's approval. His mother was a very spiritual woman. Her name was Bryna. And uh, she lived in the Capital District with one of her daughters uh, in, I think it was Troy or perhaps Albany. Uh, and Kirk named his production company after her. It's called Bryna Productions. I didn't even know that. Well, even in his movie actor, I mean, again, you could be like in the Jewish on Nevish, like, uh, you know, Woody Allen. Not Kirk Douglas. But yeah, Kirk Douglas <laughs> no. came, you know, his yeah. persona was always Mr. That tough Guy. That dimp, that, you know, yeah. chin. Right, yeah, Mr. which tough his son guy. has. His yeah. son has son that. Has yeah. But uh, oh, go ahead. No, in the 19th century, I just want people to know when they may not know how, what Amsterdam is known for, besides a few Jews and a synagogue <laughs> called right. Sons of uh, Sons of Israel. Um, in the 19th century, the city of Amsterdam was known for carpet, textile, and pearl button manufacturing. Oh yeah, yeah. did all those pearl things. Pearl button. Yeah, they they did. Uh, they uh, in fact they made so many buttons there. They used the buttons to pave the streets in a little amusement really? park that was built, uh -huh. really? or the pathways. And it continued to be the center for carpet making into the 20th century, when the Bigelow, Sanford, and Mohawk Mills carpet companies both were located in Amsterdam but the companies have relocated to other regions now. And I must say, I mean, uh, to point out a couple of things, which probably should be, and this still relates to Kirk Douglas. In The Ragman's Son, Kirk makes the statement, that as far as he knew, that 
the Jews could not get employment in the carpet mills. Really? And I'm, I've never seen that actually contradicted. Um, he also uh, said he thought Amsterdam is quite an anti-Semitic city, even though I'll tell you a couple of other things about it that maybe seem to speak against that. And that sort of started the anti-Kirk movement in Amsterdam, maybe in the... Really? It, it, he, to yeah, he came in, and, and the other point was he had sort of uh, spoken about a, a teacher he knew that he may have had an affair with and that yeah. people didn't like that. Yeah. But I've always been a, a pro-Kirk Douglas person because you can't, <laughs> in a sense, you can't avoid it, and he is this big, yes. important uh, actor. Sure. Uh, but, you know, and on the plus side of Amsterdam and, and Jews, two of the 20th century mayors were Jewish in Amsterdam. Oh, really? uh, Carl Salmon had a couple of terms in the 20s and a man named Marcus Breyer, uh, who originally was from Brooklyn, uh, was mayor in the 1960s when I was a young man. In fact, I even worked for him in a sense one summer. I got a public works job when I was going off to college. And, you know, and you see the guy's name was Salmon. Yes, yeah, right. That's a good Lox. Jewish for Lox. Lox. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. But you know, it's just, it's interesting. I don't know if you can say about, I mean, we know that Amsterdam and these other medium communities, should we say medium-sized communities, have gone a little bit downhill since their heyday, uh, even in Troy, but now yep. it's getting back up. But it's really for the Jewish community also. I think that's why I say it parallels both because, in a sense, you know, the Jewish people, like when they grew up, they said, hey, let's go to the big city or go to California. So well, really yeah. now it's only a semblance of Jewish community, but also yep. Amsterdam also is, even in the regular community, it's really, maybe because of the tech, it's well, textiles. Amsterdam, Amsterdam has the highest population of Puerto Rican uh, Latino density the, per capita of any outside of New York City in New York State. Yes, yeah, and, and the latest ethnic group moving there are Chinese uh, or Chinese Americans who are mm -hmm. Buddhists right. from uh, the originally come from the I guess the area of Hong Kong, and they came and purchased a lot of property. And again, as with every ethnic group that comes to Amsterdam, there's controversy about them. But they're they're well, very why interesting. Would they, why people. would they come to Amsterdam? These two groups. Well, because. Uh, that property was easy to obtain or inexpensive, cheap. <laughs> and so they purchased these buildings that they were going to use. In fact, as Catholic churches were closing in Amsterdam, mm -hmm. they purchased two of them. And those they've kept up. They've become Buddhist temples, the former St. Casimir's Church and the former St. Michael's What do Michael's they do for a living? Church. I mean, what's the latest industry in Amsterdam? Well, the manufacturing, uh, you know, continues some, but uh, there's still a company that was founded by a Jewish family, uh, Amsterdam um, Printing and Litho. It was the Singer family that uh, operated right. that. But the, um, they employ people and, and there are other firms as well. But a lot of folks work in Albany or work in Schenectady. And what is it, Amst about an hour commute? Yeah, not even that. Yeah. You know, really? 30, I, 40 minutes. You know, it's interesting because uh, I knew you were going to bring up the population because yeah. you do that a lot with these cities, so I came armed. <laughs> uh, and it's funny, now Amsterdam's population is just about 18,000. Yeah. But, you know, if you look at 1890s, it had a growth spurt from 1880 to 1890 from 9,400 to 17,000. It was an 83% hmm. increase. And if you look at then in, in the 1900s, it was 20,000, almost right. 21. It, it peaked it, at about 35,000 people. Exactly, in 1930s. Yep. and 40s. That, th that was the peak. But if you look at it, the 18,000, it's still where it was in the 1890s. Yep. Yep. 
So it's ebbed and flowed, but it's really remained fairly consistent. Yeah. You know. And one of the things that's happened up there that they're opening right now is the famous or infamous pedestrian bridge. Again, I always was kind of uh, sympathetic toward it. It was funded by a, a state bond issue, mm -hmm. and what they're hoping to do is to create a kind of a situation as, hap as occurred on the Hudson River with the, I forget where it is, there's a old railroad bridge that people yeah. just walk across. Right. Well, uh, it and so, be a tourist attraction. Yeah, making it a tourist attraction and something of that so kind. Does, and, and also in the Mohawk Valley, does the name Shmuel Gelbfish Ring a bell. <laughs> yes, it does. Sounds like a real dance, a Jewish name now. Yes, <laughs> he was from Eastern Europe, uh, went to the, uh, uh, I think, Germany, where he learned uh, glove cutting, which I believe, you know, for many Jews was a trade in Europe. And he was sort of staked, or his group wanted him to get out, or, you know, not because not they didn't like him, but they, they wanted to give him an opportunity, so they paid his way to America, so he went to the glove-making capital of America, which is Gloversville. And he changed his name to? Sam Goldwyn. And really? He, MGM. Yeah, right. How did yeah he, he worked up the ladder, he started as a sweeper, was a glove cutter, was a salesman, was a sales manager, moved to New York City, uh, changed, you know, then he got interested in movies and changed his name to Sam Goldwyn. So you got some real famous Jewish people come out of yeah. that and, and, you know, I, I read somewhere that Sam Goldwyn, he came in through Canada and he came in through Maine and then he kind of worked his way down. I mean, it wasn't like an easy trip. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. And an it was like, like he really wanted to get to Gloversville. Yeah. <laughs> well, Glovers I don't know anyone who was more determined to get to Gloversville. <laughs> yeah. Well, Amsterdam had a, a, you know, a Jewish community, but Gloversville had a really substantial Jewish community, um, community. In fact, I wish I could think of his name. There's a professor at SUNY Albany who's written about it, about Gloversville, uh, describing it as the shtetl in the Adirondacks. Uh -huh. It was because of the glove industry. Most of the glove cutters were either Jewish, Italian, or I believe Croatian, uh, and many of them worked in the glove mills. But now the textiles have gone. There's yeah, anything there today? No, the, the glove mills, or the glove making is basically over. There are some companies that still package the gloves and glovers, and I think there's some that still tan the hides. That's why it was a place where they made gloves, because uh, they at first used like deer skin and so forth. Uh, a lot of deer them. around the city. Gee, yeah, when my were. father said he was going to tan my hide, I didn't think that meant uh, <laughs> go to Gloversville. Go to Gloversville. But uh, Gloversville was known as Kingsborough. It was. And when Sam Goldwyn uh, came back one time, he left Gloversville about, I think, in the early 19-teens. Yeah. Uh, and he only came back once. He was invited by, I'm going to say of all things, but why not, a Presbyterian church men's group to speak uh, to them, and uh, I guess to the community, and he spoke at the Kingsboro Hotel, which was a nice hotel in downtown Gloversville. It's now an apartment complex, and when he made his speech, he said, you know, when I was a young man, I, th I dreamed of be ha be having enough money to be at the Kingsboro Hotel, and my and we dream has a, come true. We have a picture of Sam Goldwyn, if we could get that up on the screen. And we also have a picture of the hotel. Of the hotel, exactly. <laughs> Still there today? Yes, it's become apartments. Um, and the uh, so and Gloversville is the main headquarters for the Shine movie industry. That's true. The Shine family. This is the picture of the hotel. Oh, yeah. And then uh, Sam Goldwyn should be coming up shortly. 
Just yeah, to worry about. I think that was. There it is, Sam. Is that Sa that's Sam yes. Goldman? Uh, no, that that's no. that's our other one. That's George Senator. That's George Senator. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is the. No, well, I tell you what, we'll do as we no, do it. What about this? Those are, okay, that's Sam Goldwyn. That's Sam Goldwyn, that's yes. what I thought. He's okay, thank you. Big modern <laughs> in Hollywood. Okay, so right. that's what, because most people don't know what Sam Goldwyn looks like. He's no, dead he, so many years. Yes, he's Almost uh, 100 years he's dead. Right? Yeah, he's, <laughs> so, he's, but, he was uh, one of the originators of the movie industry. Motion picture industry, yes. Yeah. So, uh, how do you go from gloves to movies? Well, I mean, that's a... Well, yeah, I'll, like I'll tell you, and then you, yeah. you speak like even of uh, Kirk Douglas. I think that in these communities, they were dealing basically with textiles. It wasn't like they were making widgets or something, uh, like carpets in Amsterdam, gloves in Gloversville. They're kind of works of art in a way. You know, so it, I, I think mm -hmm. there was a certain artistic flair in both, both places. You know, I have a list of the mayors of Gloversville, and it was interesting that most of the mayors only lasted a year or so. Yeah. Yeah. And there's like one Robert Ramsey that lasted like almost 10 years or 11 years. And Richard Hood, who was there through the 1960s. Who were the Jewish mayors? You said uh, there were a few. I don't no, know about uh, Gloversville. No, not there may have been. He was from Amsterdam. Oh, Amsterdam, I'm sorry. But in Gloversville, the yeah. name of the, you know, the, the best known kind of prominent name is Litauer. Uh, who, he was a, in the glove industry. He was Jewish. First, there was Nathan who was the, he came as a peddler and then did well, and his son was Lucius. And Lucius Litauer from Gloversville was Teddy Roosevelt's roommate at Harvard, and really? Lucius became a congressman uh, for a number of terms. Uh, he, he didn't seek re-election one time because of some scandal that broke out, alas, but the Litauers, uh, uh, you know, accumulated uh, a large fortune and have left, you know, have left it and it was used for example, for the Hospital. Nathan Latour Hospital. Now, and the people up there call, say, Nathan Latour, but uh, the, the family, I guess, at least today, Littower. wants it. Latour. Okay, so. that's good. And they were Jewish? Yes. Oh, that's right. beautiful. And then Dayton King, the current mayor, has been there since 2010. Right. So he's coming on to one of the longest-running mayors. Well, he has been. I know Mayor King. Yeah. He's not so. Jewish, but he's no, a very nice man. He, <laughs> and he's not from Dayton. No, he's not no, from Dayton. So, but I... Um, uh, yeah, so anyway, I just wanted to point that out, and they have a population of about 15,000 in Gloversville. Right. So. What was the height there? I mean, you were giving the statistics of the uh, 23,000 in the so 1950s and 40s. And you could say that about yeah. the whole area, Schenectady yeah. and Troy. Yeah, I mean, I don't have the graphs there also, but I know people say it's connected in World War II, you, the old-timers. You couldn't walk down the streets. No, you, there was so many people. Yep. That's what they And then they, you talk about a Harvard University physician, pathologist, and immunologist, Dr. Albert Coons, uh, grew up in Gloversville. That. Coons devised the technology of immunofluorescence for micro microscopy, micro ah. microscopes. Well, I would say that currently the most famous Gloversvillian is Richard Russo, the author, oh. who wrote about... Uh, well, there's a physicist, William Edelstein, yeah. who was one of the key developers of the MRI scanning. Really? And he's from there? And he was, he was born in Gloversville. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, way back when. So this was... Oh, here it is. In 1899... Sam Goldwyn immigrated from Poland through England to Canada, walked through snow into the United States at an unmanned border point in rural Maine, yeah. eventually Illegal making his way to Gloversville. Yeah. Now, yeah. you've got to understand, Maine and Gloversville is not very close. But he had a goal. He was going he to was Gloversville. He was going. He was he determined. Where he was. You see, when <laughs> he, he made, made the whole Hollywood. You know, and then had a lot of uh, Frederick Remington. Well, 
was mm -hmm. a one-time resident of Gloversville? Uh, he married a, a woman from Gloversville. The artist, Frederick Rennie. Yeah, exactly. He's yeah, in my, that's in my latest book, right? The man who did Bronco Buster, which is the statue you see in the Oval Office when yeah. the president... Uh, I was going to bring my copy, but yeah. I left it home. Well, it's funny. One. The Gloversville Public Library has a copy yeah. uh, that we made a big deal of in the book. We went up and took a picture of it because they, it was donated to them after Remington's death. And someone stole it in 1929, something like that. But they found it again. So when they put it back in the library, they bolted it to the building. Really? <laughs> so. Let me ask about that. Um, what got you so interested in the Amsterdam, Gloversville, this area to write about its history? I, it obviously took a lot of work. I was born there. And uh, you know, I had, had a career in radio and public relations and sure. so forth. Well, uh, and eventually, it was the folks at WMHT who's uh, a man named Don Rogerson, who was the manager, suggested I do a documentary about Amsterdam, which I did with the WMHT uh, director-producer Steve Dunn, and that sort of started it. And, that, and then I started doing the newspaper column in the year 2000 for the Daily Gazette, and then in uh, 2011 I started putting out the books. Okay, so we had lost right. Mohawk Valley, but then we have hidden history of the Mohawk Valley. Indeed. And what, what sort of a take does that have on? Well, it's a little um, darker, but in all honesty, it's well, probably yeah, it's just another, cover. another, yeah, <laughs> a, a, another trademark cover of the history press who publishes my, my uh -huh. stuff. But uh, hidden history begins with a, a photo shoot that took place in Amsterdam in 1941, uh, just before the start of World War II, which gave an interesting perspective on how life was then. I have a bunch of those photos. Um, it was done by, um, I'm having a memory lapse now, by a well-known photographer who became an anthropologist mm -hmm. who was working for the government. You know, they, they, were, they were going around and, and taking these uh, photos around uh, the United States. And then Lost Mohawk Valley is to talk about things that are not there anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I start with the carpet industry, uh, which my father worked in. My father was a Carpet Weaver. Uh, and then the original book was simply stories from the Mohawk Valley. Mm -hmm. But uh, I found this has become uh, popular again. That's my oldest book, but I seem to be selling uh, as, at least as much of it as I am of the newest book. I mean, now, do your books, you know, uh, get more f get more widely read when something like Guns Along the Mohawk or some movie comes out about they, the Mohawk? They could. Or? What's really helped me now is the Thruway Authority has opened a rest area in a place called Randall, New York, yeah. which isn't where you can get gas or whatnot, but you, you get Mohawk Valley products, and so my books are there. Oh. And one good thing my publisher did is they put Mohawk Valley in every title. So somebody from Ohio or right. Nebraska or whatever driving through the Mohawk Valleys looking for a souvenir, oh, there's, an, there's some things from the Mohawk Valley. Yeah. I've been here. I went to the Mohawk Valley. <laughs> right. There you go. Well, that, that's really great. Now, the, I also want to talk to you about Fonda. Pardon? Fonda. Okay. The village yes. of Fonda. Yes. Well, the f it's in the... It's a it's a village, right? It's, not it, a it's a village. It's the county seat of Montgomery County. Okay. Uh, it was uh, founded by the Fonda family, uh, in particular a man named Dow Fonda. They're Dutch. But the famous acting family of the 20th century and the 21st, uh, you know, Henry Fonda, Jane Fonda, Peter Fonda, they're all descended from those Fondas. Right. And uh, in fact, Is Mark around was... around here? I mean, it, well, 
Yeah. They yeah. are from Iran? No, they weren't. I mean, by then, not the Fondas had moved yeah. elsewhere. Uh, like Henry Fonda was born somewhere out in the West. But to find their roots, the Fondas have come back to our valley. Uh, Mark was telling me that I didn't realize that Peter Fonda had come back. I do know that Jane Fonda has made some visits, as do a lot of people. This is just a sort of general interest. At one time, uh, Fonda was part of what was called Tryon County, which in the days of right after the, uh, or before the revolution, included, all, you know, it was that area. It was the whole state, basically, or, you know, north of the uh, Mohawk River. So they have genealogical records for a wide area mm -hmm. in Fonda. So it's a, kind of a, a cottage industry up there. A lot of genealogists come there to study those records. And also uh, the, uh, oh, the Dutch settler that it's named after uh, was scalped in an Indian raid during the Revolutionary War. Okay. And I guess there was some affinity about that, so they named, and that's how it got they, they, named. Yes, yeah. well, they, they certainly were, um, you know, a famous, uh, there was uh, Jealous Fonda was his name, who was the Revolutionary War fighter. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard the th part about him being scalped, but I know, I believe he survived the war, so mm -hmm. maybe it was a, a di more distant relative. Now, here's, a, here's something. As of the census of 2000, guess how many people were in Fonda? Well, I'd be hard What radio station did you work for? I worked for WVTL, which no. was in... No, keep going. Oh, 1490? You know? No, keep going. Oh, 810. That's it. 810 people? That's right. Wow. Well, <laughs> Fonda... I of all things, you would, yeah. that would click with you. Yeah, Fonda, you know, has lost a lot of uh, population. Also, that part of the valley in particular has been, was uh, buffeted by the floods of uh, 2006 and then in, with Hurricane Irene in uh -huh. Lee 2011. It's still the county seat. Uh, but, for example, the jail has been moved away from the river up higher on the hill in the town of Glen, mm -hmm. which is just outside Fonda. Which is a good thing. Yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> At least for the prisoners. Well, it is, and, and for the sheriff, too. And for the sheriff. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, are you going to write another book? Well, you know, I've been thinking about it. I, I, Jew, I might. Jews along the Mohawk? Or? I could. We could do it. <laughs> yeah. If we do, I'll, I'll hire you as a consultant. There you go. There you I'll go. do the copywriting also. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, another, uh, I'm trying to think. Is that I made a whole list of some of the Jewish things. Yeah, oh, I didn't bring up uh, in any detail Rabbi Samuel Bloom. Oh, right. Who was uh, the rabbi of Congregation Sons of Israel from 1949 to the 1980s. I don't remember the exact day. And, it was, and he left when he died. Uh, and he was well-known for radio. He did a weekly commentary on WCSS, one of the local radio stations in Amsterdam, and I did a column about him in the Gazette. I don't, haven't written about him in the book. And his descendants, his son and grandson, they're trying to see if anybody has the recordings of Rabbi Really, Blue. they didn't keep any? Yeah, well, that's how... <laughs> they know. didn't have YouTube or anything <laughs> right? in those no, they days. Didn't. No, they... no but, but you know what? A lot of radio stations would keep air checks. And they would keep, you know, archives. But as, the, you know, as it got expensive in the very beginning to digitize yeah. uh, tapes, whether it's reel-to-reel tapes or uh, cassette tapes, they kind of just said, oh, you know, we'll throw these out. You know, it's just taking up space. Or right, it, it, there's one possible source that that I've been looking at or trying to 
uh, you know, talk to this one person who might might have him. And I and the family would really like to to hear them. The grandson says he doesn't really remember his grandfather's voice. Mm. You know, he'd like to be able to hear it again. No, that would be wonderful. Well, our Jewish that. view is uh, here for eternity. <laughs> that's yeah. true. Right. Well, that's what it's going on today. So yeah. people will see you now. So what's on the horizon for you uh, from now? You know, for the you know, what's on the horizon for you? Well, I'm, I do a podcast called right. The Historians, which is on my uh, website, bobcudmore.com, and also on SoundCloud, where I interview people about, about history. Sometimes it's rather like this, you know, we, we do most of the interviews, or I do them mostly on the phone, but sometimes I'll go and cover historical conferences. They've started to have uh, one about the American Revolution in the Mohawk Valley uh, every year now uh, in the area of what the, the Western Mohawk Valley, Fort Plain, Canajahari, and to some extent up in Johnstown at the, the community college there, Fulton Montgomery Community College. So that's another thing that I've been uh, doing. I also do a, a radio show weekly now, uh, interviewing the mayor of Albany or oh. some other public official uh, for uh, Magic 590. But wasn't Condon supposed to do that? I, you know no, he's the one that asked me to do it. For oh, he's whatever the one reason, who asked he, the, he they, was not, you know, he didn't, no, I've been doing that. Oh, you've been doing yeah. it? Yeah. Well, maybe you could suggest to the mayor to come on the Jewish view. Well, I'll. Because she hasn't been. Okay, well, I'll see her she tomorrow. She likes Bob a little bit nicer than I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've had 370 shows, episodes of the Jewish view taped already, and we had the mayor on when she was mayor elect. Yeah. But not while she. Oh, oh! But you but have since, had her on. You mean Kathy Sheehan? Yeah. Kathy Sheehan right. only before she was sworn in, and after the election, but not since she's been sworn in. Also, we've had Patrick Madden on when Mayor Sheehan was away. He's a. He's been friend. on the show. He has been, and um, Paula Mahan from yep. Colony. You've had, had her on. But we're trying to get Mayor Villa. Oh, yes, Mayor uh, Michael Villa would be a, a good So if you could choice. put a good word in sure. for us. He doesn't somehow doesn't want to try, uh, come down here or He's something. He's not as, uh, yeah. He, but I rem is Mario Villa his, fa was that his father? Mario Villa was his father. Okay. Or is his father. I remember yeah. him as mayor. Yep. And the previous mayor, I wonder if you'd had Ann Thane on yes. just before. Yes, mayor we Ron had her on. Because she was president of the Conference of Mayors. That you, so she was. We had her on. So, yes, we've had a lot of the elected officials from this whole now capital region. Now we have Bob Cudmore. That's you the Bob main Cudmore. thing. Now, you're, now we're, <laughs> now really we're complete. Now, now we're complete. Cooking. All right, thank you very much. <laughs> thank and you. Continue with your good word. You're great. We've been listening to you for a long time, and you should continue with good health. Yes, All right. absolutely. Too, Thanks, Bob. Thank you very much.